much, folks, for being here today. Pastor is on a sabbatical right now, and there, uh, he is uh, studying and getting refreshed and uh, uh, seeking the Lord's uh, vision for New Year. Just a good time uh, every, he does every year to just uh, get with the Lord. And he and Miss Debbie spend some time there in a beautiful Yosemite, and luckily they're not being burned out. I think fires are around them, but they showed some beautiful pictures on uh, uh, yesterday. So uh, be praying for them uh, as, they're, as they're away. Pray that he's renewed. Our, our youth got back. I think they safely made it back and, and had a wonderful time. We'll hopefully hear some reports on that tonight, today and tonight. And so we have some uh, teens here with us in class. And, uh, um, and then, let's see, what else? Just lots going on. Uh, but the summer's drawn to a close. I see the signs out at the schools. You know, they're going to kids start going to school next week. Our kids don't go back to school till September. Is that right? Right. And then college is coming up. Hint, hint. College is coming up. So, so lots going on. But uh, you know what? Our Bible's still here. Uh, Lord is still here, and uh, we get to we get to endeavor to to get closer to Him. So we're going to be in the New Testament again. Uh, we are in uh, in the life of Jesus as we uh, finish out our series. For those who again who uh, are just for the first time in the class, we are not in second grade. This is the adult class, but we're going to have fun with felt because there are some visual pictures that we can uh, put with our stories. That uh, and, and a kind of a reminder: if you didn't get to do Sunday school as a kid, you were never part of that. Uh, I pray this will just give you a little bit of taste of 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 what um, uh, what uh, we as young Christian ch uh, children uh, went through in Sunday school, and and uh, so the felt boards are always a great device. Um, Remember uh, in Luke 18, 17, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. So we've uh, journeyed through the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. Uh, we, uh, last week we talked about Gabriel and, uh, and uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah and, uh, and Mary and uh, Joseph. And so, um, so today we're going to actually be in Jesus' life here. And uh, if you're in the, in, in the book of Luke uh, and you have a red letter Bible, you're going to have a lot of red in that, that book. And so Jesus has such a wealth of parables and instructions and stories and admonishment and encouragement. And so in this case, we're going to be in a situation where uh, he has been dealing with Pharisees. He deals with Pharisees all the time. In fact, in Luke uh, uh, 13, 31, the Pharisees, when he was, they, they asked him to depart, get the, uh, uh, depart hence for Pharaoh will kill thee. They, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're saying, get out of here. But what we're going to see is we're going to see that he, in this next scene, um, Jesus has been invited to a Pharisee's home. And he's going to have dinner with the Pharisee. Now, there's going to be some neat things that we can get out of this story. So I've kind of set up the home uh, of this Pharisee. Um, and there's going to be several kinds of people in this, in this home. We're going to have Jesus, obviously. We're going to have the Pharisees. Um, uh, Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. And then uh, the Pharisees. <laughs> and the Pharisees were just, they were, they were rich they were, they, were, they, they were wealthy at the, the upper crust. They weren't necessarily royalty, um, 
but they would be your upper half, your upper crust of, of the society, and they were knowledgeable. They, they studied uh, the law, they studied um, the, the, the Bible, and in that case it would be nothing but the Old Testament, the, the Torah, everything they studied. And, and so they were very learned. They, they knew the law backwards and forward. In fact, the other characters in, this, in these scenes are Pharisees and lawyers. So the next step from a Pharisee is to be a lawyer is to break down the law and say who, who's, who's following the law, who's, who, who, who's breaking it, uh, who do we convict, who do, who do we uh, put before the judges. So, so your, your character so far, Jesus, Pharisees and lawyers, and we'll even see someone who needs help. So it, we're in chapter 14 of Luke, and uh, we are in the setting of a Pharisee's home. And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. So Jesus has approached and he said with the chief Pharisee, I'm going to just use this guy. Well, we can use this guy if we want. Maybe a little older. He's chief. And then Jesus is going to be here. Now, we're going to see a few things happen. Um, got four, four, four basic, uh, not necessarily scenes, but four things that we can cover here. Um, so he's, he's been invited for on the Sabbath, mind you, on the Sabbath, uh, to eat bread uh, at a Pharisee's house. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had, dro- had the dropsy. I don't have him here. Um, dropsy is, uh, I've looked that up, at, uh, some say it's, it's a type of swelling. So maybe, maybe a facial swelling, uh, arm, appendage, whatever. He has a swelling. Now he's here at this, uh, at this house. Now, I like how I like how Brian, uh, who was preaching the other night, how, how he tackles the Bible. He asks a lot of questions, and it made me ask a lot of questions about this person with dropsy. When we're in a Pharisee's home, the chief, one of the chief Pharisees, lawyers, and Jesus. Does anybody think that man with dropsy was invited there? I don't think he snuck in. Let's just say he's swollen. He's probably noticeable that he's got a problem. I think there's. One of two things that this man is, he's either a plant because they want to test Jesus, but I don't think they're that smart. I actually think he's probably the servant of the Pharisee. He needs, you know, the Pharisee's being kind. He's, he has a servant. Now, you'll notice in this, the servant, he never, if it, if it is a servant, he never says, could you heal my servant? Not caring the world about him as long as he's doing his job. That's just my interpretation. Uh, but again, when we watch the uh, film reel in he- heaven, maybe, maybe it's different. But we, either way, we have this man who has this, this condition, and he's there in front of Jesus. And so Jesus spake unto the lawyers and the Pharisees, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And remember, you're not supposed to do hardly anything on the Sabbath day. I mean, even walking a certain amount of distance was Unlawful. He could probably, probably all the lawyers, uh, and, and nobody's speaking up. They held their peace in verse 4. And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Jesus, number one, is upending the law. He says, you guys, uh, is it, basically the basic question is, is it okay to do good? Okay to do what's Right? On the Sabbath? You're so concerned with the law, but is it okay to do right? And so he heals this man. And then he follows it up. 
And he answered them saying, which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out of the Sabbath day? He gives them a question that, you know, the only answer is, yeah, I got to break the law. I got to do that for the survival of my, I mean, and he, he doesn't even use, he doesn't even use the fact that which, which of you, if your daughter fell into a pit or, or your son or your, your grandfather or your wife, your husband, which of you, which of you wouldn't save them, give, exert every bit of effort to make sure they were safe? And they could not answer him again, these things. So, I mean, we, a, a, Jesus knows that the law, he's going to fulfill the law. He's here, he's here to take that, that law and fulfill it. He's here to get rid of the ceremonial law, fulfill it, um, not, not uh, contradict it in any way, but to fill it with himself. Um, so we have an upending of the law in this environment. Number two, um, he's going to talk to, um, he's a people watcher. Anybody like to watch people? I do. I think in the church you can do that. Uh, I actually like, like going to the airport. I don't like to be late. I don't like to be rushing at the airport. I don't like to be, oh my goodness, we're going we're to be late. Got to get through security. Got to do this. And just running to the plane. That's happened before. Uh, it's not fun. But I would much rather go to an airport, get there an hour early, relax, sit, and just watch people. Because, man, you just see the funniest things when you watch people. And Jesus, I believe, is a people watcher. And, and he is here in this environment with all these people. Um, and let's, uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the room. Now, I had mentioned something last week or the week before that uh, a, a little, a biblical truth. And this is where it is. This is where this biblical truth I talked about, the table, the, the, the sitting at the, the conference table in a, in, a, in a meeting with important people, choosing the the. The, the lowest seat, choosing the wall seat. Um, uh, it, as, a, as a young officer, usually you had a chief that, or, or a senior master sergeant that would tell the lieutenant, yeah, no, lieutenant, you sit there. And then, of course, the colonel walks in and he goes, LT, why are you in my seat? You know, so it's all, you got to poke fun. I'm not saying it happened to me. I'm not saying it happened to me. But I might have, I might have, uh, when I was a captain, might have had a, couple of lieutenants learn their lessons. Anyway, so this is where we're going to get this principle. Now, imagine um, in this environment, now this is a big room. We use it for different, different settings of our pictures here. But in the culture, these were wealthy Pharisees, wealthy lawyers, um, and homes are built with small rooms, okay, because it's structural. It's a structural issue. It is very expensive to build something that has... Uh, engineering required and things like that to, to have a big hall or something like that. So really the, the royalty is going to have stuff like that. But when you're talking to Pharisee, um, a, sign of, a sign of doing well would be to add on to your house. And you add up, right? And so, so when he's going to be talking about the chiefest of rooms, the, the best rooms. So when you had a banquet, when you had a people over, um, you as the host would want to be in the best room, probably up at the top. You added a new place, look at the new room, look at this, look at this beautiful room. And so that's where the, the host is going to be, the, the, the person that's invited everyone. And people, he noticed that he watched these people, that they, 
were trying to see who could get closest to him. Maybe jockeying for position, jockeying for a job, just wants to be, oh, I got to sit with so-and-so, the chief Pharisee. So watch this. In verse 7, and he put forth a parable to those which were bidden. Those were who invited to this, uh, to this feast. When he marked how they chose out the chief room, saying unto them. So he has people watching. When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than you be bidden of him. And he bade thee and in him uh, come and say to thee, give this man place. And thou begin with shame to take the lowest place. Ask to leave that room, go, to, go lower. That would be so shameful. And when thou art bidden, because wouldn't people just snicker? And when thou art bidden, go, sit down in the lowest room. And when, thou, uh, and when he that bade thee cometh, and he say unto thee, Friend, go up higher, and then thou shalt worship in the presence with them that sit at, at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. In our first, uh, in upending the law, Jesus cared for the poor. In, in number two, this parable of humility, this parable of humility, he's dealing with the guests. He's dealing with the people, um, how their stature and how they, how they look at um, where they stand in life. And he wants to deal with that right now. And he wants to teach humility. It's better to be asked into a, a seat of honor, a place of honor, than to be asked to leave. Because the host is going to make sure that everybody's in their right order. Because he knows how, how, how it is. And we'll deal with the host in a minute. But um, he is, he's, he's trying to teach uh, and showing humility to the guests. So he's got something for everybody here. Next, he's going to deal with the host. And then said he also to him that bade him. This is in verse 12. Because he, he knows something here. He's got the chief Pharisee. He's got, the, uh, he's got the lawyers, the other Pharisees, uh, well-to-do people at this feast, and Jesus has been invited. But again, the only poor person that we saw or heard of was the man with dropsy. So you're, you're among well-to-do people. Now, I believe Christ is comfortable wherever he's at. Why wouldn't he? But that's not the people he's necessarily ministering to. I mean, he is, he is ministering to them. He cares about them. He cares about their souls. He cares about their being. I mean, obviously, he, otherwise he wouldn't have lessons to teach. But he cares about the poor. He cares about the needy. He cares about the forgotten because he didn't forget. And so, um, so he said unto him that bade him, this is the host he's talking to, well, not make us a dinner or a supper. This is kind of a rebuke. Call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest thou also bid thee again, and a recompense be made to thee. You're inviting people because they're going to owe you something. These people are here because uh, they could repay you in a way. You can call in a favor. You could, uh, uh, you could uh, someday, when maybe one of them rises to prominence, they'll owe you. 
That's what you're doing here. That's, that's why you have these people here. You're here with these lawyers uh, to test me. But here's who you should have invited. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, the man that was just here. He should be asked to a feast. And thou shalt be blessed. For they cannot recompense thee. They can't pay thee back. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Your reward will be in heaven. That's where you get repaid for your acts of kindness. That's where, uh, uh, it's not what gets you to heaven, but you'll be rewarded crowns of glory for, for how you treated the poor, how you treated the maimed, those that couldn't repay, those that couldn't give you anything. But I tell you what, if you did that, you'd probably be more blessed in this time, not even just in heaven, but in this time, you'd be more blessed when you see what you do for others, what, what the Lord can do. So lesson th- number three is a lesson in kindness. He's talking lesson in kindness. And he wants the, he wants the host to understand, I, I, I see what you're surrounded by. I see the people that you associate with. You're a Pharisee. You're, you're a religious leader. You should be taking care of the poor. You should be taking care of the, the, the lame, the, the widowed, those who need help. That's who you should be, t- that's who you should invite. Not just, you, you might have, you, you maybe throw a, uh, throw a coin in someone's, uh, a beggar's uh, uh, tin or whatever, but you've never asked one into your house. You've never given him something to eat, a, a place to clean up, a place to, uh, to honor them for a little while. They've never felt that because they don't have anything for you. But Christ is the recompense. Christ will, will be your reward. So we have the law that he upended, dealing with the poor and, and showing uh, the Pharisee and the lawyers uh, just upending their laws. Yeah, answer that. You can't. You can't and you won't because you know I'm right. In a parable on humility to the guests about, hey, where, what's your stature? Why are you worrying about your stature in life? Why are you, uh, why are you concerned about uh, the chiefest room or the, the place at the table? Show humility. You'll be blessed for it. You'll be honored for it. And then to the, the host, he says, man, who, who are you surrounding yourself with? You're just worried about your stature. And you're worried about what they can do for you. And you need to take care of the poor. Give honor to them. And then let me honor you for that. So, three things happen here. But he's not finished. We finish off this chapter with a parable for everyone. And because there was a response right after this, uh, after after uh, answering, uh, "Thou shalt be blessed," uh, you know, your recompense at the resurrection of just. A man says, and when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said, "Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God." Well, God's about to tell him who's going to eat bread in the kingdom of God. He's got a parable here, a parable of the feast, a real feast. And then he said unto him, a certain man, he's directed back to that man who said, blessed be he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Because he's probably thinking, yeah, that's going to be the certain kind of people. He said, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. 
and sent his servant at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And, when, uh, and they all, with one consent, one accord, began to make excuse. I don't, know, I don't know why they started to make, make excuse. I don't know why they, um, they thought uh, that they could, uh, that, nah, I don't want to go. But we'll, we'll see what the excuses they use. We'll see that, um, we'll see, uh, well, well, let's keep going. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Hmm, I just purchased something. I need to go see it. I can wait. If you purchase it, you own it. It'll be there tomorrow. Right? <clears throat> Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Why don't you just feed the oxen and let them wait till tomorrow? Again, lame excuse. Lame excuse. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Most people, when they get married, they want to show off their wife. They want to take them to special places. Why wouldn't you want to take your wife to a, a grand feast? Man, what a lame excuse. So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. Same people that Jesus was talking about to this man, to this uh, Pharisee. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there's room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways, hedges, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which are bidden shall taste of heaven. We have a parable of the feast. This is for everyone. And he's giving a picture of heaven. The men who, who gave an excuse, we have people today, they give an excuse when, when heaven, when eternal life is presented to you. Everybody can have an excuse. I had an excuse at one time. But calling those that, he, he's, he's going to minister to the lame, the halt, the blind, the people that are needy, and they are worthy for heaven. Well, actually, none of us are worthy for heaven. But if they're going to get in heaven, they're the ones who are going to feast on the, the bread in the kingdom of God. They're going to be the blessed, as that man said, and he's directing it to him. He said, call in, the, call in the lame. None of these will, will taste of heaven. That's the ultimate sin, refusal, refusal of God. And so we have... We have the halt, the blind. We have people just dealing with, with life in this. Don't bring in the, don't bring in the, those who've been invited. And everyone is invited. That's the whole point of this. Everyone is invited. But there's those that refuse. And usually, usually, uh, well-to-do people refuse. Why do I need a God? I'm not a sinner, right? That's, wealth is one of, the, one of the biggest barriers to someone's salvation. Now, wealth is not bad. Um, we've talked about it in the Ramsey course. We've talked, wealth is not bad in and of itself. Uh, money is not bad in and of itself. The love of money is the root of all evil, 
it's the love of money, put, putting that money in front of everything. But that's, that is one of the greatest barriers. And in this case, the well-to-do, maybe, maybe uh, uh, the one who, who bought a land, obviously he's wealthy if he can buy land. So he's probably a, a rich lawyer. In this case, uh, uh, it, I, the people that would be hearing this are at this dinner. And they might say, yeah, you know, I almost didn't come to this dinner because, but then I heard you were going to be here and we could test you. Hmm. Hmm. I just got married. She's back at home. I didn't bring her in. But, But, you know, whatever, whatever it is, he is talking about the fact that heaven is for everyone, but this wealth is holding you back. Wouldn't it be great to get saved and and maybe the wealth you could use for good. You can use uh, for letting people come to your feast. You can use for uh, helping the poor, helping the, the needy, bringing others to Christ. So this is a great picture, a great people watching, a, a teaching moment that the Lord has for all of these people. He never, we don't see that he ever said, you know, he, it came to pass, he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees, I wonder what was on his mind when he was going in. Was it, boy, I watch this. Or I, 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 he knew what to expect. We don't ever see that he reluctantly went. Nope, he probably went willingly. Because again, he ministers to everybody. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Climbed up high in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. He... He'll go to the home of anyone that will welcome him. He'll come into any heart that will welcome him. And that's what, that's what these lawyers, these Pharisees have lost. Yeah, they knew the law. They knew the, they knew the words. They, they probably had it backwards and forwards, but they didn't have a heart for God. And if they had a heart for God, they would have seen that, man, we got it backwards. We got it upside down. It's taking care of those who can't take care of themselves. It's, it's showing the love of Christ in our lives. Showing it's not me that it's successful. It's Christ in me that it's successful. Amen? Amen? Success is not a problem unless you make it a problem. So I pray that we can learn from this and pray that we can... Uh, so, next time you go to a meeting, remember this. First time you're in that new job and they have a, have a corporate meeting or, 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 or the boss, maybe the boss is just, maybe the boss is a 24-year-old guy who just became the manager. Well, let him have his position. But show humility. Maybe we need to uh, open our homes to those who may, maybe not hang around all the time. You know, a lot of times, it, and I and I am a, I am a I am guilty of this. That homeless person who needs something, and the first thing comes to my mind: well, they're just going to spend it on drugs. Maybe I need to let the Lord take care of that. Maybe I don't need to worry about what could happen. Just do something, do something good, do something right, taking care of those that God would take care of. So, heaven. Heaven is for everyone. Christ came and died on the cross for everyone. Not everyone will receive. In this case, the picture was of the, those that were invited to the feast and they, they refused. 
Have you refused today? Or are you going to the feast? Have you asked Christ in your heart? What a great picture that God gives us. He upends the law. He teaches a parable of humility. He teaches a lesson of kindness. And the parable of the feast. Use it today. Use it uh, in your life. And I pray it'll be a blessing to you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for your love for us, uh, for the parables, for the teaching that you give us, Lord, um, to help us kind of recalibrate, help us to to understand where you would uh, have us be, where you would have us put our focus in our lives. But Lord, ultimately, the fact that you say you died on the cross for, uh, for us, Lord, so that we could have a home in heaven. I pray, Lord, that it, today might be the day for someone, they don't have that right, that they get it squared. And we sure do love you. We ask that you just be with the preacher in the next hour. Uh, be with our pastor as he's away. Uh, keep him safe. And Lord, we just uh, look forward to everything that's said and done. Um, use us uh, uh, to, to further your glory and to bring honor to you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Got some got to get to class, and then we got uh, a little bit of fellowship before, class, before it starts.